Oh, welcome in. Pick Silly Podcast. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's a uh, pretty solid week. Uh, work's keeping me busy, and, you know, we got a pretty awesome uh, star guest today, so That's I'm pretty right. excited about that. Uh, hey, he just sent it to it. We got Jackson Collier on here uh, from JC Hoops Podcast. Jackson, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great, you know, just uh, dealing with school, covering the Razorbacks, all that sort of stuff, living the life. Yeah, what more could you ask for, am I right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Aaron, do you want to give an intro? Yeah, man, a little bit about Jackson. You know, um, he has a big Twitter feed um, that, you know, that's how I reached out to him, and he was awesome enough to get back to us. But in his podcast, uh, he talks to people like Anthony Ruda, Rodney Clark, TJ Cleveland. I mean, they consider him the basketball genius of Arkansas. Um, he's a part of hogbeat.com, Hit That Line Radio, um, does work for Rivals as well. Um, he's been on the Morning Rush, Halftime, and Ruskin and Zach for ESPN Arkansas. Uh, graduated from UCA in 2020 and law school. Man, finishing that this next year, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. Man, I appreciate it. You got the full resume going there, too. <laughs> <laughs> you you really good. did. You, you you got the the full background on me. That's impressive. But yeah, no. Yeah, he, uh, knows, he knows more about you than you know about you. <laughs> Man, I, I need someone to help keep track of all my stuff sometimes. So <laughs> I, it's always nice to have somebody to know something about me. So well, it I'm sounds sure like – go ahead. I was about to say, I'm assuming you have a pretty full schedule. So that's that's pretty awesome that you're doing all of that at the same time. I'm sure law school takes a lot of your time as well. Yeah, law school is uh... – more work than I've ever done academically. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it's something else, man. Uh, I knew it was gonna be a lot going into it, but it's more than I even expected. But I can imagine enjoying it so far. Well, good, for sure, good. Well, it sounds like we didn't miss much, but uh, if we did, is there anything that you want to tell the listeners about you? I I think y'all pretty much covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you got my undergraduate, you got all the radio appearances, you got my current job, you got my current school. I mean, that's that's pretty much all there is to tell the public for now. I mean, follow me at JC Hoops Pod on Twitter if you want there to. You other than that, yes, sir. I was going to ask yes, you, sir. how can people get a hold of you? But I guess that answers that one. All right. So we go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was about to say, so we'd ask a silly question. Um, starting out our podcast just about every time. Um, And one of these days, we're going to fill that little blank in there with brought to you by, but right now it's brought to you by Cooper and Duke, our crazy dogs, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which which eat our stuff. And we always have to replace everything they get. Cooper and Duke driving us crazy for the past nine months. (laughs) But um, the silly question of the day, the pig silly question of the day is, does pineapple belong on pizza? No, that I am a staunch believer in no pineapple on pizza. I've had pineapple on pizza and it is okay. I can tolerate it. And it's something where if it, if it's on there, it has to be from like a really good pizza place that like knows how to make their, their pizza. I'm not going to do store-bought pineapple pizza. I'm not going to do pizza from like some random fast food chain with pineapple on it. Like if I'm going out with my girlfriend or something, she's like, okay, can we get pineapple on pizza? Like, okay, well, if we're at Zaza or we're at Pizza Cafe or something like that, sure. Right. Okay. I'll eat around or I'll t- pick the pieces off or occasionally I'll have a piece. 
But no, as far as as a whole, as a general concept, pineapple does not belong on pizza. I have defended that stance <laughs> ad nauseum multiple times, and I will always defend that stance. Cody? All right, the verdict out. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Dang. I actually like pineapple on pizza. I think it oh, adds a little bit. I think it adds a little bit of juiciness. Um, I think that the the it's got to be like super cold though. It can't be hot. I think that it needs to be fresh. Uh, and when mm-hmm. it is fresh, it kind of adds a contrast uh, to your flavor profile. And man, you kind of dogged on it. My goodness, he he went for the like he went for the kill, just straight like, jugular. <laughs> I, I, so I can understand and appreciate the contrast, but if I'm going for contrast, it's like, okay, well, I don't, I want something that's either sweeter or I want something more acidic, or if I want something cold to me, that's jalapenos, that's pepperoncinis, that's spicy stuff, man. I, I, I'm all about the spice. Now I will, so are- I, I'll give you credit on the, uh, the store-bought. I've never bought a store-bought pineapple pizza ever. I, I will not, I, I just won't. So I understand. I agree with you on that. You're right. But man, pineapple's so good on pizza. There's something special about a Hawaiian pizza with Canadian That's bacon right. and pineapple. Dipping it in the ranch and mm-hmm. mixing it with hot sauce and the delicious flavor that oozes down your throat as you finish. Let's <laughs> see. So I grew up, my dad, the pizza my dad always got growing up was Canadian bacon and beef. So Canadian bacon and pineapple, just, it's not the same. It's Canadian bacon and beef. You cannot add pineapple to that. And beef and Canadian bacon have a very good, like they, they work really well together and you don't want to throw pineapple in that and just throw everything off. For sure. We'll we'll let it slide. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Slide right down your throat with that ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Like good melted cheese and ranch. That's enough. Aaron, that's enough. Oh goodness. Let's, so uh, we'll, we'll transition a little here. bit. Yeah, man. So what got you into basketball recruiting? So uh just it was something, you know, I've always played basketball. I played, started as early as I can remember, started organized basketball, uh playing like upward bound church league and stuff, first grade, second grade. And fortunately, my school growing up started early. So I started playing in third grade, all that sort of stuff. So it's been a big mm-hmm. part of my life. Um you know, for, for my whole life, I played all the way through high school, had a, an opportunity or two to potentially walk on at different colleges. Um, wow, some okay. things fell through, did not work out, um, but ended up going into journalism my first year of undergraduate. I went out of state. I went to Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, was going into sports media journalism and mm-hmm. started covering some Sanford sports and some things like that. Mm-hmm. And ended up not going back, transferred home to UCA and eventually, you know, just got started writing some stuff for my own personal blog right. on uh, Razorback football and Razorback basketball. Got picked up by a uh, local publication, Natural State Sports, uh, mm-hmm. which shout out to them because they gave me right. my first real opportunity. Uh, so um, but from there, you know, I was writing for Natural State Sports Um and when Nikki Chavanel was still working for Rivals, she kind of noticed the work I was doing and mm-hmm. uh, hired me on at Rivals as a contributor. And then uh, she left and Hutch took over and kind of elevated my role. So now right. I'm kind of doing analysis and recruiting and, and all that sort of stuff and just really enjoying it. But it was really just a result of loving basketball, it being a big part of my whole life. And then 
being fortunate enough to be noticed and have people take chances on me. That's awesome. Yeah, brother. That's a really cool story, man. It seems like you've come a long way. Yeah. I was going to say something that uh, seems to be a very common occurrence is whenever you become successful in anything, it it really comes down to luck, like at the right time, Mm -hmm. at the right place, at the right attitude. And it mm-hmm. sounds like that's exactly what happened to you to get to the point where you're at. So that's that's really, really cool. Um, oh, absolutely. So- I, I, I would not be where I am today if it weren't for just good timing, which yeah, is right. luck and just the, the the right people being in place at like certain positions. Uh, so th- that fact is not lost on me. That's why I always make a point of trying to help out other people who are like trying to break into things like podcasts or wanting yeah. advice on their writing or anything like that. Like I always try to go out of my way to help other people. Cause I wouldn't be here if people didn't help me along the way too. That's awesome. For sure. For sure. So, so has, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, I was going to ask the question here. Um, has there been a highlight in your experience? Like what is one point in time that you can point to and say, that's it. So probably actually fairly recently, I got to cover the Arkansas Kentucky game at Bud Walton arena in person. It was on press row. Um, And that was my first time covering a game at Bud Walton. Um, If I lived in Fayetteville, I would have been doing that past two years as a whole. Um, but you know, being in Little Rock and then being able to do virtual press conferences because of COVID and all that sort of stuff, it just mm-hmm. hadn't been in the cards. Um, but Hutch, uh, my boss, Andrew Hutchinson, uh, reached out and was like, Hey, so, uh, how about you want, you want to co- cover, uh, Kentucky? I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So uh, I got to do that whole shindig. I got to hang out in the uh, media room before the game, you know, mm-hmm. catering is there, but then all like the, the media all-stars, the media juggernauts in the state of there, Bob Holtz there. And, and, you know, the USA Today photographer, Nelson Chenault, who I'm really good friends with is there. And it's just wow. really cool to hang out with all those guys and, and see them and then watch the game from press row and all that sort of stuff. That's awesome, man. Man. So along with that, um, do you have anyone that you like to model like your position after, or is it something that just comes natural to you and you have your own like persona that you use when you're, when you're meeting with players or with coaches or, or other groups in general? And I I promise we're going to talk about Arkansas basketball. I promise. (laughs) No, I really enjoy talking about myself. So don't worry. (laughs) I'm kind of conceited about that, but no, Uh, be free. (laughs) No, I guess I've never really modeled myself as far as my interview style or anything like that after somebody mm-hmm. else. It's just something that I, I just like to talk to people. So my, I guess my style is very conversational. Um, right. And I always try to get that to come across in my interviews. Um, and a lot of that stems from me trying to like not follow a specific script on my questions or anything like that, kind of breaking right. it off and fo- asking follow-up questions that I haven't written down that just kind of come to me while I'm asking questions and just sure. having a legitimate conversation that just happens to be recorded. Yeah, that, That's typically my style on interviews and stuff like that. Aaron and I have basically no script every single episode. <laughs> it's insane. We have no motive. We just have like baseball, basketball, and that is it. And we just talk yes. about it. We just yes. ramble. And, and then somehow, sometimes somehow people to listen go. to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
sometimes we just go off on crazy story tangents and then we have to like reel ourselves back in. But True. yeah, that seems to be the common, you know, script that we have is that we talk and just kind of things go crazy. Um, real quick, you know, some of the stuff that you've posted on Twitter, it's really awesome to, you know, see you get these comments from people and keeping updates with what's going on um, with basketball and recruiting in general. And so uh, when you were doing all that promotion, um, you know, a lot of people get their information from you. So when you were looking, you know, three months ago, uh, that might be right. When Arkansas had lost four out of five, and people are leaving their comments on Twitter and they're like, man, we just need to get ready for next year. This, this year is done. And so did you think this team would be a four seed about the time the tournament has started? At that point when they started 0-3 in conference play and they had just recently come off the loss to Hofstra too, you know, I wasn't necessarily writing them off completely, but I was not expecting a four seed. I thought it was something that – you know, we we could tinker with the lineup. We could we could figure some things out. Um, right. But I, I guess I didn't necessarily think there'd be that high of a seed. I was thinking more along the lines of turning around the season, winning some of the early games left on the easy stretch. You know, you start zero and three. Right. I figured they could finish five and three in the first eight before it got difficult, and then get to twenty one and and ten or something like that, which would have right. them. I think that would be 11 and seven in conference, either 11 and mm-hmm. seven or, or 10 and eight in conference. That would probably put them around the eight seed, seven or right. eight. Seed. That, right. that was more along the lines of where I was at. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that seems like a good record, but unfortunately, you know, Texas A&M had a similar record this year and fell through the cracks. I know yeah, a lot what, of people. Let's hit the to... pause button on that. What happened there? Do you think? So I've seen a lot of backlash from some of my really good friends who happen to be like the top bracketologists. I'm, I'm sure you all are familiar with Lucas Harkins over at Hardwired Sports Rights for Heat Check Bracketology. Um, mm-hmm. I consider him one of my my really good uh, basketball friends that I've met through Twitter, fortunately enough. And, you know, one of the things that he's mentioned is just like uh, the, the committee just didn't put as much weight at all on the Saturday and Sunday games uh, in conference tournaments. And, uh, you know, if you don't put any weight into another quad one win for Texas A&M against Arkansas, uh, just kind of hurts their resume a little bit. But even then, um, it's just really hard to not put Texas A&M in because their metrics were all better than Notre Dame. Uh, So I I don't know exactly what happened. um, Right. But I I think Texas A&M should have been in the tournament. Yeah, And the same thing with Michigan. I I don't know Michigan's – you know, wins this year. I went back and looked at their schedule. I don't have them memorized, but it's one of those things that they were like 19 and 14, something like that. And, you know, with that many losses in my head, I'm like, why is this A&M team below Notre Dame? Why are they below this Michigan team? You know, it didn't make sense to me. Um, And it was, they were good enough to be on the 12 line, especially after blowing a great Arkansas team out and then, you know, beating Auburn the day before, um, when they came out with everything, it just blew my mind. And as an Arkansas fan, you know, we're supposed to pick on some of these other teams. However, in my head, I could only have empathy for AM because if I was, if Arkansas was in that position, I would have lost it. Yeah, so. Aaron, I, I want you to know that I commented under your tweet to just get <laughs> interactions. That's it. 
I, I acted I, like I disagreed, but I actually agree with you. I think A and M deserved to be in there, but I just hate the Aggies. They're so annoying. <laughs> it happens. Say. It happens. So uh, yeah. Arkansas. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. I was gonna say Arkansas is matched up with Vermont. Uh, how do we feel about that, Jackson? Uh, you know, I think uh, looking at Vermont as a team, they. They're pretty good. I mean, they've won 22 out of their last 23 games. Right. Uh, average margin they of They won their conference, too. Yeah. Uh, they won the regular season and the conference tournament. Their conference tournament average margin of victory was like 36 points. Um, yeah. Their average margin of victory on that 22 out of 23 win streak was, uh, I think, 19 or 20 points there. They're not really tall. I think their tallest player in their regular rotation is 6'8". And he's the mm-hmm. only player in their regular rotation above six seven, but that's mm-hmm. also their best player. His name is Ryan Davis. He's back to back American East Player of the Year. He's averaging seventeen points and like seven or eight rebounds, I think, uh, a game this year. Shooting forty two percent from three point line. Mm-hmm. That's really going to be the matchup to watch is how Arkansas ends up guarding him. And then also, they're just full of experience. They have uh, seven seniors and a junior um, in their regular rotation. I think four of those players played in their most recent NCAA tournament appearance four years ago. So they have postseason experience. They have just experience as, as older college players, and they're just really well coached. Do you think that they're at or better than the Colgate team we saw last year? Because Colgate, a lot of Arkansas fans had similar fears as this Vermont team. You know, a great team that could hit the three, could go up and down the court really, really quickly. Um, and Vermont, I mean, I, I watched some highlights last night, um, but outside of that, there's not really much information because it is such a smaller school um, and the SEC typically doesn't look into them. So, I mean, do you think that they are as good or better than Colgate was? I think they're around the same level. They're different types of teams. I mean, they do shoot the three a lot and they do shoot it well, but they also play a very much slower style of basketball. Their tempo Mm -hmm. is – way slower than, than Colgate's was last year. And then on top of that, uh, they also probably play a little bit better defense than, than Colgate did last year. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really foul a lot either. Um, they they mm-hmm. average like 12 fouls per game. Arkansas draws 20 er, – they allow 12 free throws per game. That's what it is, not 12 mm-hmm. fouls. 12 free throws allowed per game for their opponent. Mm-hmm. Arkansas shoots 23 free throws uh, per game. So that's going to be one of those something has to give type things. Um, I think that advantage there goes to Arkansas because I think they're just going to be so aggressive, and I don't think uh, Vermont has played teams as athletic or as aggressive as Arkansas. So mm-hmm. um, you take the aggressiveness from Arkansas, the athleticism from Arkansas, the speed and tempo from Arkansas, you're going to have Vermont kind of flustered. I think they're going to mm-hmm. end up getting caught on their heels defensively and trying to make up ground and, and fouling a little bit more there. If Arkansas gets sure. to the free throw line, they win the game. That's typically been the story of the season for them so far. I agree right. with you. I think that if we drive the basket, we'll be in good shape. That's what I think. And we've got ball yeah. players who can do it. Yeah, and the the highlights I watched last night was their first game of the year against Maryland where they lost by 11. And when I was watching that game, um, Vermont was in that game all the way up until about, you know, five or six minutes left in the game. And then Maryland went on this little run. And they used their size to do that, and then they were able to hit a few threes. Um my thought process is, is, you know, Arkansas hasn't been really good this year when it's been shooting the three. And so, and I know they only have a six, eight guys or tallest guy, 
but it's going to be, are they going to be able to get in the lane and get those layups? Are they going to be able to get the free throw line? Are they going to be able to hit, you know, at least 30% of their threes? Um, you know, Vermont, I, we shouldn't be scared, but I feel like there is a little bit of fear when playing this team just because of, like you said, the average margin of victory throughout the season. And, you know, when you've won that many games by that much, it's like, okay, you know, is this team going to be the new Davidson, the new Butler? You know, what, what are they going to be? Now, I will I say I'll, this. I, I looked at their schedule, and I didn't really see anybody who really struck out at me. Um, right. Nobody was really super impressive, and maybe that's just lack of my analysis. But uh, I know I didn't I didn't see anybody that I was like, holy cow, you know, they blew them out the water. It was right. some team that I haven't heard of. So, right. Right. something else to consider. I think that's fair. Uh, one thing that I tend to look at, though, is just the experience on the roster cannot be understated, especially the fact that a lot of these experienced players have played in an NCAA tournament before. And that's not mm-hmm. to say, oh, they're experienced, so they're going to play well in the NCAA tournament. That speaks right. more of, oh, they're experienced, oh, they're older. They're not going to back down from anything. That's right. They're, they're, they're not going to be intimidated by the stage. Isn't, the stage isn't going to be too bright for them, nothing like that. So for they're sure. really going to go out there and they're going to throw their best punch uh, pretty much right out of the gate against Arkansas. And Arkansas has to be able to withstand that. And then also Arkansas cannot um, understate this team. They cannot uh, underestimate this team by, by any means. Like I, I think Arkansas is clearly a better program, clearly a better team. I don't think it should right. necessarily be a close game. But I think right. the mindset in Arkansas can't be, oh, we're going to beat them. It has to be, no, this is a serious opponent. This is the NCAA tournament. This is an experienced team. We For sure. Seriously. Yeah, and I think Muss will have them ready. Uh, Muss, I mean, he's a world-class coach, one of the best in the SEC. I don't, I don't think there's a doubt. There, there's a reason why there are so many coaches that have been let go since the regular season ended. And so, and, and Muss has done so well in these past three years. I do think he'll have them ready for bot. Um, there's a little anxiety about the game, but I, I don't doubt we'll win. I'm about 85% sure that we will win that game. Well, uh, right now, I did have it pulled up. I think I might still. Um, right now, the line is five in favor of Arkansas. So, uh, interesting. I think we cover that. And so, I think, I think we win by 10 or more, but – you know, uh, it all depends on, you know, shooting percentage, how many threes they hit. I, I don't have a – I have very little doubt that we lose, so. Okay, so, Jackson, let, let's talk brackets here. How far do you have Arkansas going? Man, I haven't even made my bracket yet, honestly. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'll say this without giving you a firm answer. I think – the bracket is there for them if they can get past Vermont and if they can get past UConn um, in UConn's backyard uh, in the Northeast. I think I think the bracket is there for them to make another run. Um, mm. I, I don't know exactly how far I would anticipate them going. I, I haven't looked too in-depth at the bracket. All I know is it's looking like Vermont, UConn, Gonzaga at first uh mm-hmm. at least if you play just everything chalked out for right now right um if they can get past UConn I think Gonzaga is probably the best matchup for them as far as a one seed goes um right. 
So maybe if I if I had to give an answer to it, I'd say Fringe Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen. I've got Sweet Sixteen. I've got them going down to uh, going down from Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is just too good of a team. Yeah, I've got them actually in the Elite Eight, uh, wow. and um, I'll I have a different question after this, but there's okay. a reason behind that. Um, there's not a power five school in that top eight portion of the bracket that uh, looks intimidating. The majority of them are former mid-majors or mid-majors. And I know the mid-major isn't exactly what it used to be. However, it's one of those situations where I think Arkansas can beat just about any one of those teams. There's not one that scares me. Typically, there's a North Carolina or a Duke. Well, or, I, think, I think it or, depends on which team shows up, too. For sure. Yeah. If they play their game like they did for that, you know, winning 14 out of 15, uh, oh, I don't yeah. see anyone in that top part of the bracket that can beat them. And so, and, and I mean, and they could even honestly get to the final four if they play like that. However, if they, you know, played like they did against AM, and I, and I feel like at the end, they were just kind of done and ready for the, you know, NCAA tournament. But if they play like they did against AM, I mean, we could get knocked out really quickly. Jackson? Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with all that assessment. I think, um, obviously, you're playing your best basketball. You're going to be able to, especially as good of basketball as they were playing um, on sure. that 14 or 15 stretch, I think they, they could compete with anybody in the country if they're playing like that. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the defensive efficiency rating for them, uh, at least on one stretch, uh, I think it was a 10-game sample size during that stretch. Mm-hmm. It was ranked like second best in the country on uh, vartorvik.com. And so, uh, which if for if, if y'all don't know or if any of your right. listeners don't know, Bartorvik is a advanced analytics site, kind of like Ken Palm does a little bit of variation on some of the data analysis, some different formulas, right. but has a lot of his own data there too. And it's free. So you don't have to pay for it like you do Ken Palm. So that, that's typically what I utilize. But um, so there's a 10 game stretch during there where it was like the second best defensive efficiency in the country, which is a really a, a telling metric as far as teams that do well in tournament play. Typically the teams that do well in the NCAA tournament have a top 20 efficiency rating in Kim Palm or Bartorvik in either offense or defense. And then the one that's not top 20 is top 40 or so um, around there. So Arkansas checks both of those boxes. They are top 40 in offensive efficiency. They're top 20 in defensive efficiency. Um, They're also a fast team. They play really fast. So uh, tempo doesn't really have anything to do with that. But the fact that Arkansas is efficiently uh, is efficient offensively and defensively and gets to the free throw line a lot, that really bodes well for their tournament success. Now, but, the thing is, you've had a couple of hiccups against Texas A&M, against Tennessee, and some recent performances not looking as stellar as some of those uh, in the winning streak. So kind of hesitant there. But all in all, if they're playing their best ball, they can beat anybody. Was it you who posted that there were, about, there were 12 teams? I, I might have been wrong. There are 12 teams in the top 40 – and defense in the top 20 in offense um, and vice versa. And that there were only 12 teams that, that were there that were in the tournament. And over the past 10 years, the, the, those have been the teams that have won the national championship. Was that you or was, am I thinking of someone else? I retweeted that. Someone else posted oh. that, but I retweeted it, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, and I saw that and I was like, man, 
that I mean, since we're in that 12, I mean, it looks really good. If, if that is a stat that we're using, you know, Arkansas is in a good position to make that run right. and um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you got to be a little optimistic. You just got to win Thursday night and move forward. I think I'll be more confident after Thursday night ends right. with the W and then get ready for UConn because after that we're, we're going forward. And, you know, I, I'm not as I'm not intimidated by UConn. So, so Aaron, did you touch up on your upset of the tournament? Uh, I did. I kept my upset of the tournament. I I still think in that second round, and this is a part of it. I think Memphis will beat Gonzaga in the second round. They Memphis is a really good team. They beat Houston twice this year. Um, they they have the talent there that it hasn't connected as well as you know Penny Hardaway would like it to be. But that is a really good team, and I think they match up well with Gonzaga. And so that is partially why I have Arkansas going to the Elite Eight. I think that Arkansas beats Memphis in the Sweet 16 and loses to Duke in the Elite Eight. I think Coach K is going to, you know, get a little leeway on his way to a Final Four. But um, that is my upset of the tournament. I think Gonzaga goes down in the second round. Man, that is an upset. Yep. That's yep. tough. Yeah. Who do you got, Cody? You got an upset of the tournament? You know, I, I'm looking at my, my bracket here, and I think uh, Texas over Purdue is my upset. Texas over Purdue? I, I okay. think Texas is a really – as much as I hate Texas, I think they're a really good team. Right. So, we've got about 10 minutes left on this podcast, so we're going to have to skedaddle. That's all right. Um, real quick. Did Jackson, did you have anyone that you think would be a big, big upset in this tournament? Providence loses in the first round. Oh, four seed going down, South Dakota State? <clears throat> I, I'm a fan of South Dakota State, and I'm not a believer in Providence. So, I, I think Providence goes down first round. Wow. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was, the next question was, who will be the surprise mid-major that makes a run? And it was South Dakota State was my answer. Yeah, I, yeah. I think either – South Dakota State or UAB are the two I'm looking at as far as mid-majors to make a run. I, I like Murray State a lot, too, though. Murray State's got a really good squad, but I think as a whole, I'm looking South Dakota State or uh, UAB more than Murray State. Yeah, and they also got that second-round matchup with Kentucky waiting on them, and it's going to be hard to, right. you know, that all-Kentucky matchup there. I mean, it'll be fun to watch, but, you know, Murray State, you know, they also got Justice Hill. And that is that right, Justice Hill? Yeah, Old he's been balling out this year. Yeah, old school Arkansas kid, you know. So, uh, you know, it would be good to see him upset Kentucky, but we'll see. Um, the next question we have real quick is, who do you have your as your final four and your eventual champion? So, obviously, I haven't made my bracket yet, so I don't <laughs> – That's all right. Let, let me look up the bracket. Let me no let me off the dome, report. Jackson. Off the dome. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you can do that. You're good. I, I don't know the regions. I'll have two teams from the same region <laughs> in the championship. That's all right. I'll go ahead and do mine real quick. Um, I've got, uh, I've got Duke, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Kansas. With Kansas beating Kentucky, I know they lost by twenty this year over at Lawrence Fieldhouse. But I think that uh, I think Kansas beats Kentucky in the national championship. So I think that uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, and Auburn are going to be the final four. I think those Auburn's are just, not getting there. 
Do what? You don't Auburn's think Auburn's going to get there? No. Dude. They're going to lose in the second round. I don't know. I think they're good. <laughs> Anyways, um, I mean, I, I've got them beating Wisconsin, barely. So, yeah. I mean, the, the lines would have to line up, but I, I've got them beating right. in the final four, and I've got uh, Arizona, Gonzaga, and the championship, Arizona taking it. So, right. we'll see. We'll see. I guess I'll go – I like Arizona a lot. Mm-hmm. They're good. Arizona's very good. Um, well, yeah, well, I haven't seen them much, but they're a West Coast team, so – you know, I know that they're really good. They've only lost three times, but I haven't seen much coverage. Um, shoot, man, uh, Kentucky. Okay, so I got Arizona, Kentucky. It's. it's tough man first it's really tough i'm just giving you a hard time no no i know um shoot duke okay i don't know on the fourth I, i don't know if i can do it that's all right. Do you got a champion? Arizona. All right. We can use that. I am basically a lawyer and an analyst, Aaron. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Hey, man, I, I guarantee he knows legalities way better than we do. <laughs> I can so, speak off some contracts law if you want me to. Yeah, we may, hey, have, yeah. To, uh, we may have to hit you up on some, uh, some contracts <laughs> later. <laughs> Some advertisement right. contracts, you know. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, Uh-oh. so based on uh, – before we leave, what is your analysis on next year's recruiting class and uh, how do you think they'll blend in as freshmen? Uh, my analysis for the recruiting class is uh, they're very good. Yes, <laughs> that is all. We will end this That's podcast it. right Nothing now. Nothing more. We don't that need that all. more. Yeah, no, they're um, good. No, uh, I've been fortunate enough to watch Nick Smith live in person multiple times. Uh, I've seen Darian Ford and Justin Pinion a couple times live as well. I haven't got to see Walsh uh, or Dunning live in person, but I've been able to watch their games live on through the magic television. But right. One thing that stands out is just the level of talent. And I know that's just going to sound like an obvious answer, but, Man, these guys are just very talented at what they do. Nick Smith, I've, I've been saying for months now, Nick Smith is the best high school prospect I've seen with my own eyes. I think he's the best offensive player I've ever seen in high school. Right. Um, he's He is the whole package. He is the real deal. He has ball handling skills. He has the jump shot. He can play defense. He's a really good facilitator. Um you know, and Walsh is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. So right. the the way they're going to mesh, obviously, I think they're all just very good. I think they're all going to be really good players at the next level. Um, how right. they're going to mesh, you know, I think Walsh and Smith both have potential to be one and done type guys. Right. Um, I think they both could start as freshmen. Um, right. 
I think Nick Smith could even start either at the the off guard or on ball. He's he's just that good. And Walsh um, probably still developing his handle a little bit, could play a little bit of point forward. Um, right. Kind of expect to see Dunning and Pinion a little bit to to develop more, um, right. at least initially. I think they're right. definitely going to be solid pieces uh, for the team as a whole. I think they're going to be really good guys for two to three years, maybe four years. But um, right. th- those are guys you build a program around. Um, and then Ford, um, I think Ford could sneak in and surprise some people and get some some serious minutes next year. I mean, I've I've been really impressed with this game. He's 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 a grown man essentially. He's just right. he's a tank. Um, he's really improved his jump shot from the perimeter. He's really solid at the mid range game. Really good body control, getting to the paint. Um, really improved right. his handles a lot too. He can get to the cup. He can finish through contact. Really good defender. Right. Uh, it's, it, he's one of those guys with just an insane work ethic that's really hard to keep off the floor. For sure. Hey, Cody, so we'll just go to the listener mail portion and then uh, transition. Um, one of the things we do at the end of here is we get listener mail, and then they ask us questions, and we try to answer them real quick. Do we have any listener mail, Cody? We do not. We do not have any. But how are we doing on time? If you're listening to this, we have about two minutes left. We're using Zoom, okay. and for some reason, Zoom – absolutely hates free customers and so we're giving like a time allotment and so now we have two minutes and one second left on this call uh so hey if you if you're listening to this you want to send in maybe a question maybe a comment uh send us your questions you can dm us on twitter uh you can facebook message us we're on facebook pixily podcast uh you can email us pixily podcast at gmail.com p-i-g-s-i-l-o-y-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com and uh, be sure to include your name and where you're writing from. Yep. We appreciate everyone for listening. Jack's awesome today. And we really appreciate you, man. Bro, you just um, muted yourself. Did I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say oh, it again. gosh. <laughs> Still mute myself. <laughs> Bless it. <laughs> See, I told you it gets silly here at the end. Jackson, thank you so much for being on here, man. Like, like hey, I said, for you real, that that was awesome. I could just listen to you. It's almost like you need a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, yeah. guys, I really appreciate you having me on. And any other time you want to do it, I'm happy to hop on. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Hey, real quick, what's your podcast called again? The JC Hoops Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, JC Hoops Pod. Hey, be sure and follow him. Listen to his podcast. I mean, this is just a snippet of just how much he knows uh in sports and let me tell you it's more than me and aaron combined that's for sure that's right he's the man (laughs) he's the myth he's the legend jackson collier jc hoops podcast (laughs) thanks for listening guys hey appreciate y'all see ya